This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Ricardo. My name is Sam. And this is the outer limit frequency. On this show, we have covered numerous genres, moods, modes, and styles of music that could be considered in some way heavy, and we make no apologies for that, as the nuances and emotive power of heavy music are all too often overlooked. But on tonight's episode, we are going straight for the heart and or throat of the issue as we look at some of the all-time heaviest music ever recorded, and as a result, we get to enjoy the catharsis that heavy music brings. No high concepts here tonight, just some powerful tunes to rattle your brains, as we really take stock on what being, quote, heavy is all about. So strap on your safety helmets and away we go. Okay, so compared with death metal, speed metal, black metal, thrash metal, and so on, power metal is not exactly heavy. I mean, it's still metal, but it's so cheesy that it subtracts from the heavy. It's also quite possibly the most melodic form of metal out there, if we also include symphonic metal as a form of power metal, which again subtracts from the heavy. But it's still metal. So the thing here is I could choose anything from symphonic or power metal as a song for this episode, as I've always had a thing for them, and they've always been my feel-good and go-to styles whenever I need some kind of picking up. Well, ever since I discovered Nightwish and left behind those bands I listened to as a teenager. So, yes, this could be Nightwish or Camelot, Epica, Serenity, Delane, countless others. It could be Judas Priest, but it's not. Though maybe it should have been. Instead, I'm going with Sabaton, because I can't think of a power metal band out there that can quite match their level of cheese. And while they get a lot of flack for how cheesy they are, I kind of love it. So here's Primo Victoria. Through the gates of hell, as we may cut away to heaven, through the Nazi lines, Primo Victoria. Ready to strike, it's a great 
a band with a name like soul glow you'd be forgiven for thinking they played some kind of funk or you know soul music however philadelphia's soul glow sit on the bleeding edge of pissed off hardcore and they seem determined to destroy the world one set of eardrums at a time it's like the locust and bad brains accidentally stepped into the same teleporter pod a la the fly and as a group of young african americans they are experiencing the horrors of the modern world unfolding in real time as outsiders in traditional hardcore circles there is a lot of justified pain and rage at the core of Soul Glow, and through their abrasive music, they are yearning for some of much-needed and hard-fought catharsis. On their latest EP, the brilliantly titled Songs to Yeet at the Sun, in their loudest outdoor voice, they ask us to quietly do the right thing on Quietly Do the Right Thing. <laughs>
technical slash progressive death metal band Gojira earn their spot on this list for a fairly good reason. Every time I hear them, I am fascinated by everything I'm hearing. Sure, this has got to be on the right songs is when they lean more into just basic death metal. They aren't quite so special. But when they bring out the prog, the tech and the math, every little intricate thing they do is just so impressive and magical that you can't help but have just a little bit of awe. And that kind of makes you feel good, because hearing something like that just does. This is especially noticeable on their lengthier songs, which they do have a pretty decent amount of. Not to shun their shorter songs, though, because The Heaviest Matter of the Universe is still a hell of a song. However, instead, I'm going with another track from that very same album, From Mars to Sirius. This is From the Sky.
when listening to some of their later records, it's hard to believe that math metal maestros Dillinger Escape Plan have mellowed out, like, ever. But all it takes is a quick spin of their groundbreaking debut record, Calculating Infinity, to remember that they actually came out of the gate swinging with their weightiest, hardest-to-handle material. Legend has it that the compositions and time signatures on this album were determined by the rolls of various D&D dice, and given the results, I think it's safe to say they must have been the heaviest dice known to man. Calculating Infinity might lack the focus and confidence of Ironworks or One of Us is the Killer, but it makes for a truly unique, headache-inducing listening experience. The trick is to just kind of roll with it. Give it a go on Sugar-Coated Sour from Calculating Infinity. While not exactly heavy compared with pretty much everything else on this episode, back when I was a teenager, the bands that made me feel all warm and fuzzy were usually Linkin Park, System of a Down, Slipknot, and Disturbed, among a few others. Classic teenage angst. And with Disturbed, it was all because of one rather iconic song. Everything from the drums that introduce the song to the now meme-worthy vocalizations that aren't actually lyrics to the downright silliness of pretty much the entire thing. Down with the Sickness is still pretty fun, and I can't really do this episode without giving it a special mention. Sorry, did you say iconic or ironic? You feel that? 
While we've mostly been looking at heaviness in terms of sheer volume and sonic output, it's important to acknowledge there are plenty of other types of heavy out there. Mastodon's 2009 album Crack the Sky has its fair share of sonic heaviness, but it also cements the group's love of emotional heaviness in the wake of tragedy. Despite its mind-bending premise, something to do with Rasputin's astral projections, if you can believe that, the album was named after the drummer's sister, Sky Daler, who passed away at age 14 under deeply tragic circumstances. There's something about hearing guest vocalist Scott Kelly from Neurosis bellow the line, Mama, don't let them take her, on the title track that damn near brings a tear to my eye. Spoiler, this is not the last time we'll be hearing from Mr. Kelly.
I don't really know what to say about Belgian horror death metal grindcore band Aborted that could possibly be positive. They're messy, abrasive, the vocalist sounds like his mouth is full of marbles, and horror death doesn't work quite like horror punk does. Callback. Also the name, Aborted. They're a damn good time though. This is Hormageddon. What happens if you combine the inhuman precision of tech death metal, the punishing weight of industrial, and the untamable power of free jazz? 
Well, you get the album Black Jazz by avant-garde group Shining from Norway. Now, they're not to be confused with the black metal band from Sweden with the same name. Seriously, guys, get a thesaurus. From front to back, Black Jazz is a multidisciplinary assault on your sensibilities, because this is what happens when bored jazz musicians discover blast beats and vocal fry. Even though this music was basically designed to repulse, there's a fair amount of comfort to be found if you lean into the chaos. So take a deep breath and prepare yourself for the complete sensory overload that is the madness and the damage done by Shining.
Amon and Marth were my introduction to death metal, and even though I quickly realized that they aren't exactly the most death metal death metal band out there, due to fitting more in that mellow death subgenre, they stand with Arch Enemy as my favorites in that particular scene. Amon and Marth is a whole lot more, well, melodic, though. I don't know if this is down to the Viking subject matter or something special about the way the music can be both incredibly heavy and angry while remaining melodic. And I don't know, pretty isn't the right word, but yeah, some kind of ugly, angry beauty. Let's go with that. While their album Yom's Viking was also never their most popular among fans, it's also the most fun from the opening track First Kill right down to the closing bars of Back on Northern Shores. The album feels like a journey into the wildlife of its namesake and makes the entire thing captivating and downright pleasant. And this is that opening track now. This is First Kill.
here we are at the final stop on our tour of elemental heaviness, arriving at the very song that inspired the topic for this episode and one of the most satisfying pieces of heavy music ever recorded. I could talk about this track, this album, this band endlessly, but for once, I'm actually going to let the music speak for itself. From a sun that never sets, this is Neurosis with Stones from the Sky.
Thank you once again for joining us and our look at the heaviest of the heavy. And if you like what you heard, because of course you like what you heard, then jump onto Spotify and check out some of our old episodes. They're just waiting for you. And be sure to check in with us next week as we look into the great urban myth known as the sophomore album curse. It devours the weak, but it allows the strong to thrive. Who's going to be in the strong pile? Tune in next week to find out. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.